What's up, everybody? Welcome to the State of Wild episode 86, a regular YouTube video web series podcast thingy. My name is Meowth, and as usual, I'm joined by my two good friends and co hosts, Raffle and Corbett. How are you guys doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing great. I just spilled water all over myself and my desk as we we're starting. So uh, that's a good way to kick off the episode. I'm a, I'm a week off. Um, I missed you guys last week, but uh, happy to have Martian uh, step in and uh, take over the reins with his very capable hands. Uh, but, you know, happy to be back here and making a fool of myself already. Rafa, you're not making a fool of yourself. You're just absolutely getting ready for the underwater expansion that is uh, <laughs> the voyage to the other city. Whatever it's called, voyage to the sunken city. There we go. Damn, I was so smooth with that transition. Near perfect well. delivery. Near perfect. <laughs> Should have rehearsed it. I know, obviously. But um, no, nah, I'm doing good and happy to be here and uh, talk about all the new stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, you kind of went ahead and hopped into it. We got, we got a brand new expansion to talk about. Exciting. Uh, Voyage to the Sunken City. I know nothing about the lore, but I know everybody uh, in Discords when this was originally announced on Thursday was super hype about it. Um, I don't know, Ruffle, do you want to give us some wow lore about this city? Uh, that we're traveling to sure sure so as an underwater city um what you need to know about uh the sunken city is that i avoided it completely because underwater levels in every video game are completely miserable for me uh this trauma dates back to like the original sonic game and the sound that it makes when he is uh you know running out of air and you have to come up for air um still gives me lingering anxiety to this day so i just completely Avoid water levels in all video games. I have no idea what's going on. Um, so, that's my synopsis. Yeah, sounds good. I mean, let's let's just dive into the Hearthstone part then, because that's all we care about, anyways, right? And I got I got no wild lore to contribute. Uh, <laughs> so, before we hop into the cards, I guess we should talk about. Uh, so, first of all, we have a new tribe. We have a uh, Naga tribe. It looks like the Nagas care about spells. Uh, so they're kind of the inverse of dragons, where like dragons care if you. If you play this card while holding a dragon, it does something powerful. Naga say, if you cast something while this was in your hand, it does something powerful. So kind of the inverse of that. So they re they're really going to care a lot about spells. And then we have two new mechanics here. The first one uh, might sound familiar if you guys are magic players. Uh, we got Dredge making its debut in Hearthstone. Uh, a little bit different. <laughs> so Dredge says, uh, look at the bottom three cards of your deck. And you can choose one to put on top of your deck. Uh, so you don't draw it uh, immediately, but it gives you a little bit of deck manipulation uh, and ways to kind of plan your future turns and draws. And then you have uh, Colossal. So Colossal, they kind of function as little raid bosses where you have this legendary minion uh, that comes with these appendages or uh, parts of the creature. Um, so if it says... Colossal 1 or Colossal 4, uh, that is the number of the, uh, are we calling them appendages? The the other part of the creature that come alongside of it. Um, and so uh, they take up all, all the number of board slots uh, like they normally would. Uh, and it's important to remember that Colossal will trigger not just on play. So if you like recruit it out of your deck uh, or if you resurrect it via a uh, resurrect spell or something like that, uh, it will also bring with it all of the appendages uh, as well. I, I, I'm going to call them appendages. Please, please come uh, with a better word. No, no, no. No, you're killing it. Yeah, let's yeah. go with yeah. that. All right. Colossal appendages. Who doesn't love a good colossal appendage every now and then? 
<laughs> I hate I hate this already. I hate where we're going. <laughs> Great way to kick off the episode. Um, but yeah, so obviously we're going to be talking about all of these cards uh, in terms of wild and wild power level. Um, so we have about 30 or so cards. Uh, if cards are very obviously not wild playable, we're probably going to skip over them. So apologize in advance if you think something's going to be really, really powerful or playable uh, that we skip over. Let us know down in the comments why we were wrong. All right. You guys ready to dive into this? Sure thing. All right, let's go. I mean, let's a very, very apt choice, very apt word choice there, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's dive into uh, let's dive into Demon Hunter here first. So let's talk about uh, Multi Strike first off. Uh, this is a one mana fell spell uh, that says, "Give your hero plus two attack this turn. They may attack an an additional enemy minion." So, kind of mini Wind Fury uh, on this, or like a mini Warglaves. Um, it's kind of sometimes a, a one mana deal for not not too bad. Also seems pretty damn good uh, in combination with uh, with Jace in uh, in Demon Hunter. Right. Yeah. The the fell spell tag is uh, important for Demon Hunter, not just for the Jace, but also like gives you maybe consideration for running the the Murloc and an odd Demon Hunter as well. Um, just because like this is a card you probably want to run in that deck to begin with. One mana deal two is already good, but then you get to um, go face wall clearing something from the opponent's minion you can stack uh attacks with this too so i imagine that like the multi-strike isn't just limited to the the damage that you're getting from this card if you have a weapon equipped if you have um you know twin slice furies uh locked and loaded like you can do some significant damage with this not only to the opponent's face but to like paving the way for uh your minions or you know if you've got the uh, Warblades attached, you can uh, buy yourself some additional time to uh, keep going face in the future. So, um, you know, there's also potential that like the um, the lifesteal weapon gets uh, unnerfed and maybe you get an extra charge of it, which would be worth considering for an odd de demon hunter as well. But I think this is just a high quality card as it just stands. Yeah, for sure. Um, in aggressive mirrors, sort of just acting as a one mana cleave, like that's pretty ridiculous a lot of the time. Um, and then the, uh, you know, like like you're saying, the ability to sort of like push damage on minions and push damage on face at the same time is kind of very, very important for Odd DH uh, in general, like, because you need to be able to keep swinging in that face damage. It's what makes the um, the weapon, the uh, the one mana, like, uh, honorable kill weapon pretty valuable. Um, this doesn't necessarily have the same upside as the honorable weapon, but it's not as you know exact you don't have to exactly like kill the thing which makes the level flexible um and yeah ruffle uh you know bringing up the murloc is a huge deal because man that murloc is like waiting to be busted like that is so good and every time you get anything that even is remotely playable as a uh, odd costed fail spell that's a big boost and like uh, a huge leg up for that kind of direction and the, the archetype in general right because right now like the only cards that are even in consideration for the deck are Mana Burn and uh, Fury. If you increase the density of that, you're increasing the the consistency to which it's online. And like, you you don't want to like just throw out a one two with Taunt on turn one. You really do want to get the effect of this. And when the effect is um, you know active, it's a it's a pretty high quality card. So um, yeah, I I agree that there's a lot of things to like about this card. Yeah, for those of you that don't know the card that we're talking about here, it's like Megamorphin or Metamorphin? Uh, me Metamorphin. Metamorphin. Yeah, Metamorphin. It's a 1-mana 1-2 Murloc with Taunt, but if you have cast a Fell spell uh, this turn, it becomes a 1-mana 3-4 with Taunt. 
which is was, which is kind of busted and a very good shout. Uh, I also just kind of agree. It's also a very high quality card on its own. So like even if we aren't going the fell, like synergy stuff in, in Odd Demon Hunter just yet, like I feel like it has to make the cut. It's a really really uh, kind of solid card uh, for those decks. All right, and now let's move on to our first colossal minion here, uh, the first legendary here for Demon Hunter. Uh, and so it is confirmed, by the way, before we dive into this, every class will have a colossal minion. So the uh, the one for Demon Hunter here is uh, Zilhog, Zil Zilag of the Abyss. Cora um, uh, confirmed it is Zilag or Zilag. Uh, okay. So yeah. Z Zilag. I think these are all made up names too. So there's not like Lord to correct us here, outside of the uh, the devs themselves. Regardless, this is a seven mana three six with Colossal plus four. So the the minions that it summons are these uh, one, two demons. So you're gonna summon four of these one, two demons. Uh, the the stocks say at the end of your turn, deal one damage to an enemy or to a random enemy. And then Zilog of the Abyss says at the start of your turn, increase the damage of Zilhog's stocks by one. So essentially you're gonna play this as a seven mana, what is that, seven, 14, that deals four damage to random enemies. And then at the start of your turn, that damage is going to scale up by one for each of those that remain. It is also important to note that Zilog itself does have the demon tag. So if you want to cheat it in with, oh, the five mana Skull Minari effect that I'm not remembering the name of. Um, sigil? Is that? No. The Sigil. Sigil of Reckoning. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Damn. Yeah. Good. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what are, what are y'all's thoughts about our first Colossal minion here? Um, I mean, all I heard you say was that it's a seven mana ultra source, so how could it be bad? Um, but more seriously, like the when you pay more than five or six mana for a card in wild, you want to look at uh, does this have an immediate impact? Uh, when the turn that it comes out, and this one is kind of a soft yes, like. <laughs> I don't know, dealing four random damage on turn seven isn't great, but the fact that it does have a demon tag may be its uh, saving grace and that you can cheat it out with things like the Sigil, the uh, Fell Screamer, the um, uh, the new six-mana Legendary as well. You can copy it while it's in your deck. So there, there are ways to get it out, and like Big Demon Hunter is an archetype that they've printed a lot of support for. So I don't think it's going to be busted, but I think it's like... It's a card you'd consider running it in that deck because uh, it's cool. And uh, it, it, again, has that immediate impact on the board. I just don't know if that impact... The impact isn't going to be enough uh, before it to like, make this a high-quality card just because like four random damage at the end of your turn um, isn't going to do a whole lot. The stocks are pretty easy to remove. Uh, they're, what, one-twos? So like they're not going to last for a turn. And, you know, honestly, you're just going to be dead over the top uh, a lot of times on turn seven anyway. So it's like, yeah, it's a cool card, uh, probably not super uh, competitively viable. Yeah, I mean, it's probably at a similar power level to um, uh, pre-nerf Priestess of Fury. Um, but the format has changed a lot since <laughs> since that time. Like, we're, we're a year ahead now. So uh, it's obviously just, a, I, I think it's very similar, but... Um, obviously geared towards the token synergy so it's just made to work with the um the, the hero card and the uh the Urzel giant things like that and that's kind of like the benefit of the tokens um but yeah it's it's i don't, I don't want i don't want to play priests of fury 
in my Hearthstone decks in Wild. So, but what if, what if we get back five mana Skull? Does that make you want to play this a little bit more? I mean, five uh, mana Skull makes me <laughs> a lot of bad stuff. Ma- <laughs> yeah, five mana Skull just generally makes me want to do everything in Demon Hunter. So, like, I mean, sure, yes. <laughs> uh, but also, like, not just this. I just want to like play five mana Skulls. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I I just think I, the, the token stuff is just a little, just a little too small, or just not quite enough damage, just just off. Yeah, that that's kind of my assessment as well. Like, honestly, yeah, it, it's it's coming out like a turn too slow. It does like a little bit too little damage, and they have a little bit too little health on the turns that they come out to feel um, comfortable with uh, calling this a good card, but. It's a cool card, so I'm into it. If we get, uh, you know, better earlier uh, demon cheats um, mm-hmm. moving forward, that might have some uh, hope for it. Yeah, we could also do something. Probably, it's probably okay in like Reno Demon Hunter, just because the card quality in that deck is not super high. If you want, if you want to play a deck like that. All right, let's move into into Druid here, and let's start with uh, Flipper Friends uh, up there for some of the cutest art I think we've ever seen in Hearthstone. And yes, I know that Tiny Finn and <laughs> Uh, Penguin exists. Uh, so let's talk about Flipper Friends. This is a five mana common nature spell in Druid uh, that says choose one. You either summon a 6 6 Orca with Taunt or you summon 6 1 1 Otters with Rush. And if you guys haven't seen the uh, the art for those tokens, uh, it's just. They're, they are obscenely cute. But art aside, five mana 6 6 with Taunt or five mana 6 1 1s with Rush. Uh, it is important to note that. Both of the things, Otters and Orca, are beasts. Uh, maybe that's relevant for this uh, newly dominant uh, Beast Hunter. Or Beast Druid, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. Corb can correct me if I'm wrong, but like he has a little bit more experience refining that deck than, than I do for sure and has had a lot more success with the deck than I am for sure. But like three mana for four Bs is um, you know, probably of higher quality than five mana for six Otters. I feel like... Um, maybe again, just like a turn or two too slow for what that deck wants to do. You kind of want to be getting online for your like Oracle or um, big pop off turns with that deck, I feel like before then. Um, where I could maybe see an argument is uh, like I don't know, it's kind of like another Whispering Woods, so maybe like a token based uh, or the spell token based druid, so it's like um. Somewhere between a um, Glowfly Swarm and a uh, Whispering Woods, so you're like able to create a, another layer of uh, threats. Probably a little bit better for that type of deck than a Scale of Onyxia, just because you want to be pushing aggression rather than um, you know responding to the opponent's board. So this with pair, this paired with like Mark the uh, Lotus, or followed up with a. Um, Arbor up can be pretty nasty. Yeah, I really like this card because I think it can push a lot of uh, borderline synergy cards and ideas um, just as like one card. So whether it is that like token strategy that you're talking about, whether it is, um, you know, like even like slotting, maybe maybe you can like slot in Matriarch at that point because then you have like the Flipper Friends, the Glowflies are beast as well. Maybe Matriarch is worth it. But then... I don't know, maybe not, maybe because, like, it's just a bit too slow at that point. But um, it's also really good, maybe, if you want to look at, you know, Arcane Tyrant or Defender. Um, you know, like, more proactive five-cost cards are very, very cool. Um, there's another another big thing that I really 
think is kind of huge with this and in addition to something else that just got printed um gloop uh the the floops glorious gloop it's very good with this and like the more cards that you get that work with gloop the less situational gloop is and at some point between this the scale of anixia and poison seeds at some point it becomes very consistent that a one mana card is cheating out you know these cards effectively for zero um and that can be really huge as well so i i think there's a whole bunch of applications i think this card's very flexible and, and like i said it, it's able to it's very subtle and push a whole bunch of strategies and sort of other cards that are a consideration and maybe strong enough down the road um which is one card so i really like it and uh it's super cute so yeah uh let's talk about a uh, miracle growth so this is a seven mana nature spell uh draw three cards summon a plant with taunt and stats equal to your hand size so we kind of went through this uh on stream when this card was revealed so let's say you're playing uh you know our normal dragon druid uh that's become super popular so let's say you go breath on two you have about four or five cards in hand and then you okens on four and then you play guff and so you're curving into this card in an ideal scenario you're sitting there staring at a seven mana seven seven with taunt that has drawn you three cards for, for seven mana that you're playing on turn four, turn five, because this is Druid. And so, out like in those scenarios, is the card good enough? I, I know it's probably maybe worth looking at in a Celestial Alignment deck because it does cost zero with Anaconda and it, and it draws you three cards. Uh, but outside of like Celestial Alignment decks, which aren't super popular or super good right now, uh, how are we feeling about it in just like our normal slow control Druid decks? Um, it, it's tough to say. I, I, like leaning towards yes, it just looks like a like a I don't know earlier UI kind of thing. Like it, again, the, there are a lot of words on this card, <laughs> and it's drawing you cards. And uh, like mana is really just a social construct when it comes to druid. Like nobody, you're just like you, like you said, you're playing this on turn four or five um, in the ideal scenario. But I think it's just kind of fine even like as long as you get guff online i think you're just kind of happy to, to roll into this i'm actually less high on this in like an alignment deck because you know if you start doing your anaconda pop off you might run into board space issues with this uh, like actually developing a minion i think you'd rather just have seven mana draw five in that instance and uh run the the nourish so um you know it, the the problem though is that like it's hard to find room in those uh, slow dragony decks, right? There are a lot of high quality druid cards that have a lot of words on them that do a lot of things uh, on one card, and so like making room and paring down space is going to be what leaves this uh, card out of those lists if it does uh, not make the cut. Yes, there's a lot. Like I, I don't know. Like it's better than the overflow for sure. Like um, two less cards, but you get somewhere between a, like a 6-6 six, six and a 9-9 nine, nine or a 10-10 ten, ten, uh, a lot of the time. So like that's that's pretty damn good. Um, yeah, I really like it in, in multiple Druid archetypes. Like I said, though, the Druid card quality is so high right now. It's um it's tough. Like, I, I, I don't know exactly where we start cutting for something like this. But, man, even if you just, like, bloom this out pretty early, that can be kind of toxic as well. <laughs> so... I don't know. This seems very, very good in uh, lots of different positions, so we'll have to see. Yeah, this is just Overflow UI version number three, and I, I think I agree with you that it, it is just kind of straight up better than, than Overflow. Um, 
and, and like the nature tag is also super relevant for for a lot of things that the druid has going on so yeah miracle growth yet another powerful tool that we're going to probably be seeing a ton of uh because that slow druid deck doesn't look like it's uh, going anywhere anytime soon all right we do have both druid legendaries to talk about though so let's first off start with uh hedra the heretic so this is a seven mana four five naga Battle cry for each spell that you have cast while holding this. Summon a minion of that spell's cost. Reminds me a lot of, uh, what is it, King Feoris was the uh, the 10 drop that gave you the full board of, of stats. Kind of like a reverse Feoris here. So, if we're trying to just do, if we're looking at normal Druid decks, are we happy just slotting? <laughs> we just slot everything in the in these slow Druid decks and run a 45 card deck and, and be perfectly fine because all these cards seem very high quality uh, i guess my question is how much how much stats do we need to be pumping out to make this card worth looking at um and, and should we actually maybe like is this payoff powerful enough for us to to build a deck around so two two separate questions here about about hedra i mean i'm gonna build a deck around it but she's like a she's a threat on her own right so i don't know maybe you can slot her in she's like a an early Nazoth, uh, if you want to look at it that way. Um, but you don't get to really... The problem is you don't get to choose the minion that you summon for that. So, like, Nazoth, you can stack um, and load it up pretty good. I don't know. It seems like a fun card. I don't know how... Like, anytime you're summoning a random card in wild, um, kind of got a lot of, uh, you know, variance in there and a lot of just, like, vanilla minions so if you think about playing this card on like you don't run a lot of high cost spells in those slower druid decks that aren't like that are more than four mana right so like are you really happy summoning this card uh you get six drops maybe i don't know yeah the um the difference between something like this and anixia like it feels like anixia is gonna have a lot higher immediate board impact a lot of the time um, and the counter argument is like, yeah, but an Ixia costs 10, this costs 7. Yeah, but you're probably not able to play this card that early in the game anyway. So for a lot of, a lot of times it does function, it probably is like a 10 mana card, essentially. Um, I don't know, I, I don't really trust this one. Uh, I think there's a lot of competition right now for like Druid late game and um, what you want to be doing there. And I, I just think you have to invest so much and it has, the fact that it has to be in your hand while going through all this apparent setup, this does not make me very excited for it. So I, I'm not really a believer in this at all. It's also not a dragon. So if you're relying on this for a, in a, like as a layer of threat in your Gazakazan deck, like you, that's probably not a good thing to yeah. do. I'd also like to laser Kazakasan as well. All right. Very good point. Uh, and it, the Druid Legendary that I, was, that I was the least excited about. Let's talk about, let's talk about Kolak or uh, the Torterra lookalike. Big ass turtle um in, in druid here so seven mana six five beast with colossal plus one the seven mana six five beast is immune while you control kolak's shell so shell is the uh the appendage that it summons uh and the shell is a five mana zero eight taunt uh that also has uh, a beast tag uh with death rattle gain eight armor so seven mana six five immune until you kill this taunt thing that's going to basically gain you 16 life seems pretty powerful <laughs> i mean the issue is it's just like where where do we where do we fit it is the big thing yeah that was my question as well like it, it's it's 
I mean, Druid has no shortage of armor gain or late game threats. So, like, where does this slot in, I guess, is, is my question. I think that, like, I don't know, it's one of the cooler uh, Colossal minions that I could see being the most relevant, just because, uh, again, it does, uh, like, Druids can get it out quickly, Druids can bring it back. Um, you can run it in a news off type deck as you, as your beast, but in that sense, it, it, instance, you probably want to be running Hadronox, which actually gives you more layers uh, of threats than this would offer, and you don't really want to run this in the same deck as Hadronox necessarily because of, you know, 0 8 um, doesn't apply pressure when you're layering your threats. It also kind of uh, disrupts your old Nazoth, uh, you know, res pool with some, a lower quality death rattle than what you're running in that deck so i don't know i'm not i'm not super high on this card but uh i i do i, I do think he's cool yeah seven mana six five gain 16 armor basically um i don't know that's a lot like it, also the fact that it is seven cost the um a lot of the seven cost targets right now in druid aren't great something in like juicy psych melon um is sort of like a, a small detail because we do have a lot of good eights through tens right now with the Nixia and Kazakasan and stuff, but seven's a little light. Um, I don't know, 16 armor essentially is so much. And like the argument can be like, oh, it's weak to silence, but I don't think that tends to stop cards from ever being very good. You know, like there's not like that much silence running around the format. So I'm not sure. Um, it wouldn't so shock me very much at all, like if this sort of play. Yeah, I think it'll I think it'll see some play, but I don't think it'll be like I don't know. Is it that much better than mm. uh, Mutantus at the seven drop? Like, and on top of that, like, yeah, sixteen armor is a lot, but like, doesn't branching paths kind of already do that? And and yeah. it has the flexibility of allowing you to draw cards or close out the game. Like, again, we're talking about Druid here, where the card quality is really high. It, you you might just be right where the um the need for it is just like non-existent because like druid at this point is already getting so good at uh some of those more burn based matchups that it's kind of like this ain't standard druid right like right. we're in a different very zone this isn't solar ward like we are branching so you're probably because, right um yeah but like what deck's going to uh, <laughs> white deck's burn, going yeah. to attack into the eight yeah is the zero eight right like yeah i don't know uh we talked a lot about this card that probably is gonna see zero play which kind of sucks because it's it's it looks sweet. Um, all right, let's move into uh, to Hunter here. So let's start with uh, Twinbow Terror Coils. This is a four mana four four Naga uh, battle cry. If you've cast a spell while holding this, your next spell ca uh, cast twice. Important to note: does not say this turn, so you can bank it like you could with uh, Nature Studies, and, and like you could make Hero Powers with Tour Guides, so that you can like curve this out as a four mana four four on four, and then turn five. Or whatever following turn, you can do something really, really gross. Like maybe double, what is it called, hunting party? So you make each beast copy, like, four of those beasts. So four king crushes for your beastmaster Leorox. Um, or just, like, double aim shots. Or, I don't know, double call of the wilds? I don't know. I don't know what other really high-impact expensive spells that you have uh, in Hunter to really take advantage of this. But it's a really, really powerful effect. Double guardian animals at seven mana? opium true true but um yeah it, it, it's a cute card i'm i'm excited to play this one i don't think it'll be terribly relevant but like it's got some uh fun potential to it i, I didn't even think about the fact that you can bank two aspects of this right you don't have 
it doesn't have to be the turn that you play the the naga that you played the spell and it doesn't have to be or the first spell that is that uh, that activates this and then you also don't immediately have to play the second spell that you're doubling up uh, on the turn that this comes out so this gives you um the the capacity really to just play this on curve and then still get its benefit like a turn or two later so i think that's pretty neat that they're um kind of giving that type of mechanic and so like i'm excited about the the card and sort of the the mechanical precedent that it sets for other things to do similar things it makes me excited for the the naga tribe to be honest yeah interesting card i i don't think there's anything that's probably going to work with this but um yeah it's very much a uh we'll have to wait and see what the uh the actual card pool is because there, there can definitely be some spells uh, particularly that could synergize particularly well when they're doubled up so like i don't know summon a whole bunch of leox right like like oh like that kind of effect right like things that scale with more things on the board um so it, it could be something like that um that type of thing so you know uh kind of looking at it a little bit like an arcane tyrant <laughs> where like if you cheat it with a five meta card you kind of just got like a zero meta four form and doubled up on the five cost it, that those are sort of a, equatable a little bit but i i don't know I, I like i said i don't really see a place for it in wild because whatever you double up has to basically insta win the game and how many five cost spells doubled up are gonna like instantly win the game so yeah. i don't know I mean, that's why I'm thinking about it, like, with combo potential, right? Like, I mean, I think the card's called Hunting Party, right? It says, like, duplicate all the beasts in your hand, right? And you copy a, a Devil Sword or a Crush with this, and all of a sudden, each Devil Sword or Crush becomes four of them. And then you can kind of just yeah, do some yeah. things. I, it, I'm thinking something combo-y like that. Uh, but that's what I mean, realistic. <laughs> like... hey, it's realistic. It's going to happen. It might not happen in Legend or anywhere in Diamond or Plot, but it, it's going to happen. I promise you that. Just do it with a uh, buffed boars. Like if you're if you're going that deep, like True. just use <laughs> some stone tusk boars, buff them up in hand, and then create a bunch of copies. That's a lot easier than uh, than hard casting King Crush from hand right. multiple over the course of multiple turns. <laughs> yeah, and, and who knows? Who knows? Uh, we have seen two hunter cards, right? And they have we have a bunch more to go, so maybe they'll give us some some really really powerful payoff piece. They're not going to give us spell synergies without giving us spells as well. So, like, we can expect some hunter spells. This, uh, which kind of spooky for the uh, the quest line uh, in hopes that they don't do damage. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, right? I, I've seen some panic about quest line for for our next card here. Um, let's talk about Raj Nazjan. I am going to be butchering these names. Uh, it is it is face naga, uh, two mana two three, uh, legendary hunter card here. After you cast a spell. Deal damage equal to the cost to the enemy hero. So basically, uh, like we talked about with that Demon Hunter card, it allows your spells to uh, either go minion and still go face, or go face twice-ish. Um, I, I've seen some people really, really uh, freaking out about this in uh, in Questline Hunter. Um, not sure I agreed. I know Corb, you had some takes about this on your on your stream just a few minutes ago. I don't, do you want to go ahead and repeat it out here for uh, for everybody listening? Trash, <laughs> this trash in questline. I think. Um, okay, so here's what I do. Why it's like trash in wild questline. Uh, one, it doesn't progress the quest. Uh, so like pre quest completion, it doesn't do anything. It's a two minute two three that deals what? Like we get, we're gonna weave it in on turn five, and it's like oh, we dealt three damage to the enemy hero. That's crazy. 
Or we can, like, play it post-quest. Like, okay, picture you play this on turn 7, right? You you, you play it, you weave in five, dam five mana worth of spells. Um, you could have just played a quick shot. Like, that, that would have also done five damage. <laughs> but, like, quick shot also doesn't suck before the quest. So, I don't know. I'm just not seeing it. Like, the, the fact that it doesn't deal that much damage, I, I'm... I'm not excited. Like I could maybe say it in, like standard face hunter because it does scale well with things like um like ramming mount. But we're not playing ramming mount and this legendary two three in wild. That's just not what's happening. So I I think this is just not very good at all. Yeah, I I think it seemed like people just like read the words that are on it and then ignored how the deck plays and just said they saw spell and damage and so they're like questline hunter that's going to be broken. <laughs> But, like, uh, yeah, the, my first reaction wasn't necessarily that it was trash, but, that, like, if it's even if it's even going to be capable of being run, it's like, well, it doesn't solve a problem that the deck has. The deck doesn't suffer from a lack of damage. It does obscene amounts of damage by the time the quest is online. Where it struggles is getting the quest online, and you don't really want to run a river croc uh, in the early game in in your deck that you have to hold and potentially prevents you from getting the tavish down sooner, which prevents you from winning the game sooner. And it's like um, all the deck wants to do is get to the tavish quickly, and then it wins the game. You're like it just feels like a worse dragon's bane in when it only is like out at all relevant yeah. after the quest comes down like dragon bane is actually kind of fine once your hero power is zero as well right like zero mana deal seven like you're you could, i'm fine tempoing a dragon bane for that in some situations right you can't do that with this card because all the damage goes face and you don't care about face damage if you haven't completed the quest yet so it's like i don't i don't know like and like your spells deal one or two damage each extra like is that is is that solving the problem that the deck has when you could just like like you said play a quick shot play a furious howl and just well that spell just yeah. yeah that spell just gained you a whole <laughs> lot of damage on its own like you, you the deck only suffers when it um when it has an empty hand after the quest is done. I feel like this card being in your hand when the quest is done only makes it more likely that you're going to have an empty hand when the quest is done because you're going to be holding this card or um, some other spell is trying to eke out value in a situation where it's just like, I, I don't know, I don't see it. But it, it, it could be the Warlock quest line all over again. Who knows? I'm sure that there are some people that are going to comment on YouTube telling us how wrong and dumb we are, but um, I don't care if they're right about that. I think they're wrong about this card. Dragon Bane, but instead of dealing 20, it deals 6. The nuts. The, the fact that people are comparing this to Dragon's Bane actually blows my mind. Like, Dragon's Bane is so good. This is so, so much worse than that card. You can't you can't say it in the same conversation, except for well, saying it's 10 times worse. You well, the, if you think about if you think, think about the endgame of the deck, the main source of damage it gets once it gets the Tavish online is hero powers. And yeah. Dragon Bane synergizes with hero powers you're playing spells just to get more hero powers. You don't really care about the additional damage that you're getting out of them. And you certainly don't want to lose a, you know, a spell slot in your hand to, which gives you fewer hero powers just to ramp to amp. It's basically, it's a card with spell damage. Would you run a card with uh, spell damage plus two in, um, in Questline Hunter? We have those cards and we're not playing them. So obviously not. Yeah. 
I, I, I want to bring up one final thing here before we move on. Uh, I know, Corb, you to- toyed with the idea of just like a pure face hunter in, in Wild. Um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you've thought about that anytime recently, but yeah, w- would this probably really. slot into that? Uh, may probably not. Like, like, like I don't know. I, I didn't get that far with the face hunter because the face hunter kind of struggles a little bit. But I, I'm not even that excited for it in face hunter, to be honest. Like, even at standard, I'm kind of like. Yeah. <laughs> um, the idea being that, um, like, against decks that would allow this to stick on turn two, you mostly are going to be developing minions and developing more tempo, not like burning your spells, right? Which is what your spells mostly are. Um, so it doesn't really work right there. Um, and Agra Mirrors is a river croc that does literally nothing. Uh, because that's not relevant. Chipping in that extra two damage. Oh yeah, killing it. Um, and then like because you're playing face hunter, you're not like hoarding resources and making this big wombo swing where it deals, you know, six damage on turn eight. Like that's not how this works. This isn't. <laughs> that's not how third. So I, I I can maybe see it for the one reason standard where it's like the tempo is the spells, which is why it's like ramming mount or whatever it is, or and then the um the biscuit stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. I don't like this card. Yeah, All right. I mean, even in those situations, you still have to stick the minion to, like, right? And it's still so. just a river croc, so that's why I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> like, I don't know. All right, fair enough. All right, let's move into uh, into mage here because I know there's some mage cards that have got people super excited. Uh, so let's actually start with uh, with spell coiler here. So this is a two mana two three naga, a battle cry. If you've cast a spell while holding this, uh, discover a spell. Uh, any any quest mage enthusiast uh, in the call? I mean, this seems like tailor made for for that kind of deck. I, I don't know how good that deck is, but it seems like it slots uh, right in. That deck's pretty nutty. <laughs> I've I, I, I played it recently. The the minion heavy um, quest mage. I've with like the the brand parodying the the coin stuff. Seem pretty gross. Um, I don't know. I like people are having good runs up high legend with it, but like even at Diamond Five, I was just dominating. Um, so I think there's something there. This may slot in. The thing that that the, the problem with this is the open ended nature of the discover spell. So it's a it's a minion that discovers spell. That's everything that the deck wants because it wants to run a lot of minions so that it can run book of specters. The problem is you don't want to get stuck with a high cost spell. A lot of the uh, the spells, their minions that you run, um, are either generating coins or guaranteed like w- low cost spells. Something like a, um, a a wand maker, right? You you want things that cost very little, not just because it interferes with your parrot, because it's like that's not really a legitimate concern. You can manipulate that yourself, but it, like you're just trying to turbo down the uh, the quest and you only have so much mana to work with so um it could be fun to try but i don't like maybe in the reno version where you're like shorter uh card slots because i've been seeing people tinkering with that as well so um but i think in the the normal version it may just be kind of outclassed by the coin generators yeah i mean um like a bit more awkward Uh, sorry sorry easier on curve but more expensive one save like that's that's the card um I think that's pretty good. Like, uh, no, Want Dave is pretty good. I think uh, in the in the in the quest mage deck. So I don't know the fact that you can just go like quest on one and then just play this or something. Like it seems uh, fine. So. Yeah, I don't think you're running quests or Want Thief in that deck just because of the 
Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think it's been cut. I haven't really looked at Quest Mage in a while, but um, I, know I don't know. Like, yeah, Martian I, had I, that I list that he was uh, doing reasonably well with. And okay. All right. I I think the general consensus here, if you're playing Quest Mage or Reno Quest Mage, you like the card and probably want to run it. Find room for yep. it. Yeah. Yeah, and I was actually wrong. It does run one thief, but I think that felt uh, in my the reason I forgot about it is in my experience it felt like the worst uh, spell generator. So okay. yeah. maybe it uh, maybe it slots in, in in that place, but just because like you said, it's a little bit better on curve, a little bit um, more expensive uh, as a result. So yeah. All right, let's move on to the uh, the mech cards here. Are you guys excited? Let's let's start with the uh, the one that everybody's excited about. Let's let's talk about Mecha Shark. Or Sharknado 2.0, uh, or Flame Waker 2.0, or, or 3.0 if you count the dragon. It, it's Mecha Shark. It's a three mana four three mech that says every time you summon a mech, deal three damage randomly split among all enemies. Uh, the, the, that good old text. Um, that being said, I know we have Mech Warper as our Sources Apprentice, uh, <laughs> you know, stand in, but it's a lot harder to to play a bunch of mechs. Uh, than it is to to play a bunch of spells. So that being said, it's a lot of damage for Mech Mage. We do have the Mechs, right? Like Mech Hunter was a was a good deck for a while, two years ago. But like the the neutral Mechs are there. Mage Mechs not so much. But uh, I don't know. This seems like an exciting build around piece uh, for that kind of deck, uh, and I'm excited to see what other Mech synergy we get here. Uh, in in the sunken city because I, I know there's a lot of hype about it. I I I'm not seeing it. I'm not gonna tell you. I'm telling you. I'm I, I'm not seeing it for for pure old mech mage here in, in wild. No, I I'm I'm not either. I'm like I'm gonna play that deck for sure. But like I I don't think this is the the savior to bring back uh, like GVG mech mage uh, um, in our format um, and. Unless they like print some mech that we haven't seen yet, because um, like I don't know, you just kind of nobody plays for board anymore, and like the this effect is good at winning winning back the board, which is what you know mech decks and mech mage uh, used to excel at. It's but it's just kind of like a more permanent version of um, goblin blast mage, which we've already seen and has been already way outclassed in terms of. <laughs> Uh, card quality since then so um you know i could be wrong uh the stat line kind of makes me nervous as well three mana four three is uh historically pretty bad and certainly worse than the um the spider tank uh like inverse of that so I i'm not i'm not seeing it but i'm that's me yeah the um at two mana, I think we'd already be excited. I think at three mana, uh, you guys stand a little lower. <laughs> like I, I'm kind of into the idea. Um, I think that with this kind of strategy, uh, it can actually be pretty good if we have a, enough draw kind of supported with it. Um, there are a couple things I like. One is that it works on death rattle mechs. So like if you have a mech rule on the board, you can make a trade, and all of a sudden it pops, and that's kind of nice. Um, there's also the fact that we can pair it with a whole bunch of one-cost mechs, obviously, with Galvanizer. Like, you can just play Galv... Or, 
is that the card that mm. I'm thinking of? The two mana, yeah, like discard all your mechs by one. Um, so you can like play this and then vomit out like three one cost mechs, right? Like I'm picturing that kind of scenario where all of a sudden it's like dealing nine. You can even like maybe even hoard it even more and do the same kind of thing on like turn four or five against like a, a Mechathon Warlock, right? Like dump out just a whole bunch of stuff. Um, this is very like pipe dreamy, but it's not really because like if this was a Paladin card, we'd probably already be doing that with like Christology. Like we could probably set up something like that and we could actually give like a Mech Paladin very real amounts of burst in those matchups where it needs it and it doesn't have it um and so i'm actually like i don't know the fact, the fact that it's three mana not good the fact that it's in mage not good but it's got something that scales really really nicely with mana discounting and you know what they don't have in standard mana discounting on mechs which means that they're probably not going to be balancing around that very much yeah. uh which kind of gives me a little bit of hope um for this card yeah i think my main one I've got a couple concerns, like like you said, this is like one good mech in, in mage, right? So you're looking at a bunch of neutral support pieces, which on their own are not very good at all. Um, and also to kind of complement that, magnetizing doesn't count as summoning either, so it, it uh, harms. I was uh, told I by multiple was... people in Twitch chat that it didn't work. I'm pretty sure that strapping Azoliax on to a taunt minion progresses the the quest for warrior so yeah. that would count and that's a summon a taunt minion so i believe or that's play a taunt minion so oh have i been lied to by twitch chat one too many oh, times it, it is no no it is play so you're not actually summoning the zillion yeah that is that may not count yeah there's something in the back of my mind point. that there's something in the back of my mind about magnetic working with something like that. Like, I, I was totally with Roffle where there have been situations before where it felt like it counted. But it might just be play. Right. But it doesn't count as summon. So, yeah, that might just be it. Yeah, so, I don't know. It, if that doesn't work, I feel like that's a, another small nick against it. <laughs> or working against uh, Mecha Shark. But again, we have a bunch of other cards to, to be revealed. Especially, like, I'm sure whenever we have mechs in an expansion, there's always some sort of broken neutral card. Uh, for mechs that because like last time it was galvanizer right True. that was like in the in the dump that just like it's like what the hell this card's stupid um uh, at least in wild so I'm, I'm sure there will be more support for it and i'm excited to look at it you know at the very end once we've had everything revealed but like with just mecha shark looking at some like theory crafting list like it it does not look like it's it's there i i want to see ram commander that gives you mechs no you know like something like no. that right like that could be really really broken <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> please no um but yeah so mech shark i think is one of the ones that has everybody talking and i'm excited to, like you said to to look at it at the very end of the expansion see see what broken common neutral card that's a mech comes out that actually just like breaks this uh in wild um Something that's probably not going to break break mech mage uh, in wild. Let's talk about as Sharan sweeper. So this is a spider tank, three mana, three four mech. Battlecry, put a sunken sweeper at the bottom of your deck. The sunken sweeper is a three mana, three four mech that says, "Hey, Battlecry, add three random mechs to your hand." Do you guys want to move on to the next card? Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's oh, talk about. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, oh. I, I misread this. I misread this. It's a three mana draw three. That's pretty good. If there there are going to be things that manipulate that, like dredge manipulates the the bottom of your deck, right? So you can bring this to hand pretty quickly. If we get a decent mech with dredge, which I feel like is a pretty likely scenario, that gives you a fair amount of fuel for the the mecha shark potentially, right? Yes, there's some really yeah. bad uh, mechs, but like 
it's a three mana three four that adds three cards to your hand. I feel like if you can if you can dredge that up, which is the whole point of shuffling it to the bottom of your deck, um, and again, I feel like I feel like the the mech that we're going to get as a, as a neutral. I don't think this is going to be a mech heavy set. I think maybe we'll get one more in mage, um, but I don't think. A, 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 well, I guess I wouldn't print mecha shark without adding additional mech, so maybe we'll get a couple more in mage. But I think I I could very well see like a two mana two three. Um, similar to the pirate, uh, that is just a mech that dredges. And, um, if that happens, then you can get that into hand. That gives you fuel for the mecha shark. It gives you galvanizer fuel. It's slow, but like it's if we're so living in slow. that dream, if we're living in that dream world where we're banking mechs in hand, like that, that's doing it. So it's, it's better than I initially thought because it's, I thought it was shuffling those mechs into your deck again. So like, that's good at least. I don't know, spider tank into spider tank into vanilla dredge <laughs> into like random mechs in hand. And like, oh, you want to get some random six cost mechs from JBG? Like, I, uh, a lot of the mech pool is so bad. Like, I kind of see where you're going, where the idea of reload is great, but it just seems like a whole bunch of vanilla and a whole bunch of like this, your portrait blowing up. I, I don't know. Well, if we're being honest, that's kind of what mechs are these days. So, like, <laughs> how is that? How is that different than what we were talking about with a mecha shark? You know, like, yeah. All right, you ready for the best mech of them all, though? Let's talk about Gaia, the Tectonic. This is an eight mana five seven taunt with Colossal plus two. The uh, the two appendages that it summons are uh, Gaia's Drill. So these are two, two three mechs with Rush. Okay, and these are important because uh, Gaia reads, whenever a friendly mech attacks, deal one damage to all enemies. So this does not mean just the drills. This means if you have mechs on the board, play Gaia and then attack with the mechs that are already there. You're going to be doing pretty significant amounts of damage to the entire board. The big issue here is that Gaia is an 8 mana mech. Um, so... I also have a question for you. Is the mech that's attacking the one that's dealing damage to everything, or is it Gaia that's dealing one damage to everything? It's Gaia that deals the damage. Okay. So you like you can strap a Zillia X onto this in like an LPG mage. And you go like Gaia plus Zilliax and then heal for like thirty. Sounds pretty hot to me. Yeah, no, I think that I think that people look at this, they see the mech tag, and they're like, "Oh, mech mage support," and it's like, "No, dear God, no! Like, don't don't do that." <laughs> uh, unless unless that dream world where we have like a mid rangey uh, mech mage exists, I think that we're like, I think this is probably the best um, colossal minion that we've seen. It's definitely the the best mech that we've seen. Um, I think because like like you said, I think it, you just run it in an LPG mage. Even if you don't strap a Zilliax onto it, I think it's doing good things. Like you're getting, um, you're getting two AOE immediately from it, and you get to like, you know, dictate some uh, some immediate trades. I talked about this with the um, the Demon Hunter one, and you want to look at like when you're paying a certain amount of mana beyond a certain point, you want to ask yourself what is what immediate effect does it have? Well, this does, you know two AOE plus two more uh, rush damage, so that's not inconsequential. I think it's just like you run this as your in conjunction with Zilliax, I think you run this as your mechs in like a Nuzoth uh, LPG Reno Mage, which is unfortunately not a very good deck right now, but like 
don't know, this card seems good in it. Back uh, in like 2017, when I was part of the Comp HS community, we had a rule. It was called the Jade Rogue rule. Where if you started talking about a card and you said the words, it's probably good in Jade Rogue, you knew the card was trash. And I would like to update this to the LPG rule. Because every single time we look at a card in Reveal Season together and we say, might be good in Reno Galaxy Mage, <laughs> um, then I have to check out. I'm putting my foot down. I'm not dealing with any more of this. It's good in Reno Mage anymore. I can't. I've been hurt too many times. Um, we're, we're barely a year out from that being like a playable deck, though. Like, it, it, I mean, if we were back in the Fortune of the Barons, we would legitimately be playing this card. We can't go back home, Ruffle. Time only moves forward. <laughs> Please, no! Take me back! <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. All right. Fair enough point. Let's move on to uh, to Gifts of Ashara. Uh, Two-mana Arcane spell. Draw a card. Two-mana draw one. If you have played a Naga while holding this, do it again. So this is like, uh, what is the, the card in Shaman? Elementary Reaction. Um, where if you have played an Elemental last turn you draw two or you like draw and copy it instead this is like draw two um we have seen but one naga in, in mage um you probably need to be running a very significant amount uh, of these creatures in order to to consistently have this active um but if it is active it's two mana draw two we we kind of have those effects kind of already we, we have book we have research project we have AI, which is unconditional version of this. So I, I'm not super high on this card. Primarily because I, I, I don't know if there will be enough Nagas to have this consistently active. Um, but also, it doesn't seem so much more above and beyond the other options in the format to kind of gimp your, your deck building in order to, to have this active. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't particularly see it. It's a fine card to generate, which Mage does a lot of, but... Um... Even even then, it's just a cram session most of the time. So, Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Good talk. Uh, all right, let's move into, into Paladin here. Uh, let's start. It's up there with the Otter for some of the cue to start in this set. Let's talk about Shimmering Sunfish. Three mana, two, five, Beast. Battle Cry. If you're holding a Holy Spell, gain Taunt, Divine Shield. So we're going to see some Holy Spell synergy here uh, for Paladin. Uh, this... Very similar to a card that we already have that I'm not remembering the name of. It's like a 3-mana 2-5. Uh, if this minion has 3 attack, it gains like lifesteal and taunt. Um, taunt Divine Shield feels a lot better to me than that. Um, what 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 Paladin decks? Lone... Oh wait, I was thinking Lone Defender. Damn, that's not right. Lone... Google the wrong uh, card. It's the one that gains um, like lifesteal and taunt, right? Yeah. I know, Hold. I know what card you're talking about, and it, that's exactly what I thought of uh, with this yeah. one. Um, yeah, like, that's that's my reaction as well. Um, as the as the Libra Paladin guy, I, I don't even want this in that in that deck because it's probably the only deck that's going to have a high enough density of holy spells to to make us want to play it. Um, all right, let's talk about the uh, the other minion here, Seafloor Savior, two mana, two two mech. Battle cry dredge. If you dredge a minion to the top of your deck, give it this minion's attack and health. So just to, to clarify, um, you're going to be giving the minion that you place on the top of your deck plus X plus X, uh, which is like the battle uh, the stats for for Seafloor Savior as you uh, 
activate its battle cry. So basically, if you buff it with like a Banana Man or any of the other hand buff Paladin cards, you can give the minion that you're putting on the top of your deck, let's say plus three, plus three, plus four, plus four, uh, so on, so on. That being said, do we like this in hand buff Paladin? It doesn't have one attack for us to tutor with Christology. It doesn't have one health for us to tutor off of Solheit's Pride. Is the effect on its own powerful enough for you guys uh, to be interested? I'm going to go with no. Um, like, the because it doesn't have those effects, you're actually probably buffing fewer cards by playing this than you would if you, like, just ran cards that drew more cards you know what what i'm saying like you're only buffing a singular card with this after buffing this card so that's like happening later in the game you would rather just fill your hand with cards and then start buffing those because those can come into play immediately because they're already in hand instead of at the top of your deck waiting to be drawn so um yeah i'm not super high on this card even though like it it reads like a card that wants to be in hand buff paladin i don't think it is one I mean, I, I went to, like, mech hand buff Paladin. That's kind of, yeah. like, where my mind went instead. Um, but I don't think that's a real deck. So unless we get some more uh, really strong mechs, I don't think there's a reason to play the, the mech version of the deck. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's probably a little bit far off. I mean, I like the card in that deck, Yeah, I, I think. Um, you know, like, give a minion plus four, plus four, put it on top of your deck. Like, that's, that's pretty good. Like, yeah, I, I can say that. Yeah. I, I am not super excited by it, um, just because, kind of similar to Druid, I feel like Hand Buff Paladin, fingers crossed, with with reversions coming as well, like, we have a lot of really good cards in, in these types of decks, and so it's really hard for me to see it outclassing some of the other options uh, that we have available. Um, so let's move on to Immortalized in Stone. So this is a 7 mana holy spell. Summon a 1-2, a 2-4, and a 4-8 Sea Guardian with Taunt. So, if I'm reading correctly, this is a 7 mana, 714 in, in Taunt. So, Ultra Sword number 2 of the set already. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. This is 7 mana. That is definitely 7 mana. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm going to move on, but I'm going to say that it is 7 mana because of this next card that we're going to talk about. Uh, it is the Garden's Grace. This is a 10-mana holy spell uh, that hopefully you're never paying 10-mana for. Uh, it reads, give a minion plus 5, plus 5, and divine shield, but the spell costs 1 less for each mana you've spent on holy spells this game. So ideally this is coming down as like a, I don't know, I guess you're happy paying 4 mana for this at, at max? Right? If you're playing, if you're, Are you happy paying 5 mana for this? No, you you want me to go lower? Yeah. How? <laughs> yeah. How 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 expensive? Going down are to you zero, paying? buddy. <laughs> keep keep going down. How? What is the bare minimum of mana that you're happy paying for this card? Zero. Happy or like I'm not sick to my stomach because like at three I'm like yeah, that was a hearthstone play that was a good enough hearthstone play almost but if I'm putting this in my deck I expect to be paying zero. That is the goal. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It, it's not a play that you're satisfied with. Is it? It's a play that justifies it being included in your deck. Which I think, like, you need to be consistently paying zero mana after a low theb to make this uh, to to make this a consideration for your deck. I think it's a 
a cool card. Um, you know, it's one that we very well could be wrong about, but like in the decks that play spells like this, like the, the buff type spells, you want to reduce those to zero. So how are you getting this one online to zero as well? Because you're not paying mana for the other ones in, in something like a Libram Paladin, which is, you know, the most obvious uh, consideration. So it's like, this is coming down too late in the game for our format to possibly be relevant. Maybe um maybe we can get an uh, aggro uh, spell holy d paladin deck that plays nothing but holy spells and you just curve out and play this on turn five for zero. Yeah, it's like we talked about last time with the uh, the new card in the mini set. Holy spells are fantastic, and you have a lot of great options for them, right? Exactly. That's what we landed yeah. on. And they they develop lots of minions as well. They're really mm -hmm. good at that. Yeah. Anyways, let's talk about Katori Lightblade. This is the uh, the one of the Paladin Legendaries, not the Colossal Minion here. Uh, this is a 2-mana two 2-3. Two, uh, yet another River Croc. Uh, but I'm actually excited about this one, because uh, it says after you cast a Holy Spell on this, cast it again on uh, on another friendly minion. Librams? Yeah. Hand of a Dolls? Sounds, Ooh. sounds like a phenomenal 2-mana Vorax. Hey, it's half the it's half the mana of Vorax. Hell yeah, dude. I can't tell if you're excited or like sh shitting on the card. <laughs> uh, it's just a it's just a better version of it. Like, yeah, I don't know. That doesn't answer the question. But, like, yeah, <laughs> that perfectly does. Like, it's it, I don't know. I don't think I don't see this card being that great. Right? It's like yeah. it doubles up your Librams, but you already have Lady Leadrin for that. Like, do you really need That's seven mana? That's a late game. This is. Hey, play 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 one Libram early, get multiple Librams, especially if they do stuff like unnerf Penflinger. That's like super relevant. Um, it also means that you don't have to wait until like turn twelve to to combo with Idis, which is it, which is kind of exciting. You need to have a minion that can attack and play, and you need to have or you need to have this on, in play for a turn and then start buffing it to really get the benefit of it because there are going to be a lot of times where like you need the minion that can attack to be the one that like receives the buff so if you have multiple minions that maybe can't attack or you can't attack with the uh, light blade like there's going to be some situations where you're not happy playing the, the spell on this card necessarily so um i don't know it, it probably slots into to libram paladin because like why not but like um i don't think it's like the the card that makes it it's a, not gonna break it i know i know yeah i don't like i i can't even decide if it's one of the uh best 30 to to be honest because like i i don't know what it adds to the deck yeah it reminds me a lot of uh what is that card in druid the two three the vorax uh, uh <laughs> yeah the, keeper keeper uh, Solagris, i think was the one yeah um where it's like it's gonna give you a lot of cute value um i, I don't know how good it is i think it's I, I think people underestimate the effect of duplicating Librams. Um and, and the fact that like it also will duplicate like Hand of a Dolls it is very relevant. I also think like late game it's not dead because then you can use this with a Libram of Hope and get two eight eights with Taunt Divine Shield. So I, I think it's good. I don't think it's busted. And and I, I don't think like we're we're gonna see some more holy spells as well, right? So if we're running more than just the seven or eight holy spells in Libra Paladin, I could could actually get kind of excited about this. Okay, I'm more on board with the uh, the doubling up the eight eight. Um, that's something that I, I figured you would be. Yes. <laughs> well, I I mean because it's a better play. <laughs> yeah, like, it's a better play. 
because I, I, I mean, there are some, you know, weird uh, instances where, like, you know, getting too many Librams of Wisdom can create complications for you and early in the game. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I, like, I think that uh, that play makes it maybe a little bit worth, but, like, it still feels like you need to already be winning the game for this to do anything that you want it to do and then like if that kind of makes it a win more card so I don't know I'm not super high on it but I'll give it a try for sure alright alright let's move into uh, let's move into Priest here um, so Priest uh, we've only seen three cards let's start with uh, Serpent Wig one mana spell give a minion plus one plus one if you have played a Naga while holding this, add a Serpent Wig to your hand. Um, so just to make sure that everybody's clear on this that's listening, if you play this and you get one back, you will have to play another Naga in order to get another one back off the second one. This does not immediately go infinite uh, with Radiant Elemental. I saw a little bit of confusion about that. just need to make sure we're, uh, we're clear about how this works. That being said, a lot of the things that we said about the Naga spell and Mage apply. Right, this is a brand new tribe. Don't know how many there are going to be. Also, we had explorers at and stuff like that, and those cards are really bad. So I'm not sure. Like, is it really worth thinking about? Because the the decks that kind of want to run this are not going to need it. <laughs> I I think the only time it's maybe relevant is if you're running like a. Um... Sethic Veilweaver, Radiant Elemental, or Nazmani Bloodweaver pop-off type deck where um, kind of similar to like the Rally Priest in, in Standard where you just are happy to get a spell that you can point at your minions that does a positive thing. But aside from that, it's just like... You're not putting it in any deck. Card. It's not a card that you're putting in your deck on purpose. Yeah. Very bad. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. Alright, let's talk about another card that I honestly think is really bad let's talk about the colossal minion here for uh for priest blackwater behemoth this is an eight mana eight ten with lifesteal uh colossal one you have the behemoth's lure which is a two mana one four beast at the end of your turn force a random enemy minion to attack blackwater behemoth so you can think about this as like an eight mana eight ten soft removal spell that's a random enemy minion and you're going to gain 8 because it's attacking into the, the A10. But this is also 8 mana removal in a class chock full of really fucking strong removal. So I, I don't really know where we would ever want this uh, in, in Priest. No. I mean, people will run it in Big Priest and then they'll resurrect the, uh, the lure and get real sad. Um, but... I mean, I, I'm glad they added the lure because <laughs> this card seems like, on its own, if it if it were a singular card, it would honestly I feel like be pretty good in a in a big priest, right? Because it's it's developing a minion and removing it and healing you all at the same time. Like that's that's a lot of things. So it's a good thing it's got that caboose that uh, that you don't want to be resurrected. Otherwise, like the everybody's freak out when they see a big priest minion of oh my god it's gonna break big priest again is it would be true. <laughs> Um, instead, you just end up with a um, an unfortunate. Like, 
it'll probably be a pretty good standard card uh, for the first uh, like rotation set, just because of like, or for the for the first expansion when they only have four like expansions in there, uh, just because it like removes stuff, heals, and um, yeah, I don't know. That's about it. Cart cart's not good in what though. I very confident confident in saying that. Well, yeah, it's coming. Yeah, it's coming down too late. It's doing a thing that you're already doing a exactly. lot of, and it's like it's not winning the game. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about another card that's got everybody on uh, on Twitter and Reddit freaking out here. Let's talk about Switcheroo. So Switcheroo is a three mana spell. It says draw two minions, swap their stats. Very very simple card. Um, in two seconds, it was quote unquote broken. Uh, by members of the community, because uh, you would say, hey, take Boar and uh, Darkness. And all of a sudden, you have a 2020 Boar for one mana. And you can combo this with like a Vivid Nightmare. And uh, bam, Wombo Combo. Are people right? Have, have we found the new Tiller Warlock in uh, day, day zero <laughs> of the expansion? Well, yeah, because Tiller Warlock was bad uh but like this is also very inconsistent by comparison to tiller warlock i've played decks like this that rely on you drawing your cards in a specific order and it is not fun um <laughs> like it's gonna be fun the time that you pull it off because you could legitimately do it on curve with a three mana switcheroo in w with a vivid nightmare in hand and then bam you uh you deal 40 on turn four so it's gonna create some highlight uh type decks but like i feel like it's too inconsistent to ever be Good, right because it's like if you're running two copies of this um you're probably running shadow essence and shadow visions so you're probably a little bit better than 50 percent to draw one of these over versus uh before you draw one of your minions but like you almost have a 50 percent failure rate just like naturally drawing the cards in your deck uh, as a result of having as many switcheroos as you do minions in your deck right so without any way to shuffle your hand back into your deck um it doesn't seem like this, like this, just has an inherent failure rate because of your deck drawing in the wrong order. So, yeah, um, and the 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 success rate would have to actually be quite high because there there are going to be a lot of times where you play this and you actually don't just instantly win the game. Um, you know, you you play this and your opponent goes, "Dirty Rat Devolve," and it's like, well, that was a great game of Hearthstone. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a whole bunch of stuff like that, whether it's like Ice Block or, you know, like uh, Taunts. You can lose the Taunts, this combo that everyone's freaking out about. Um, so, yeah, like the failure rate is going to be way too high. Um, the idea that you want to have with a deck like this is, hey, can you make a deck that's actually like, win a, like can win games of Hearthstone when you don't do the insta-win combo? We've seen that before with things like Barnes, Yashar's Spell Hunter. Right, like that was an actual Hearthstone deck. If you didn't get the Omega High roll, when you got the Omega High roll, it's great. Um, or even like the Allura uh, stuff that we saw in Standard. Uh, the the problem is, how do you make a real Hearthstone deck with nothing but spells and like the Darkness and Bore and two copies of Switcheroo that are completely dead cards? And it's like you can't, you you can't do it. Um, and so I I am not fearful. Um, could always play this Reno Priest. Hey, Arcane Intellect, pretty nice. I mean, I would um, say it's just like Shroud of Concealment on its base level if you're not trying to do stupid things with, with Boar, right? And and that's part of the power yeah, level of stuff like, uh, what was it, the Horde of Rathion that we were just talking about in the mini set? Like, the ability to draw a card uh, or a specific minion is powerful. And the fact that you can say, hey, 
targeted draw two minions, I think is more valuable and more powerful than the fact that, oh, this has combo potential, which it does, but drawing two minions is also really damn good. Yeah, there's probably some very exciting stuff that you can do when you have that consistency to, like, pair up double Radiant or, like, you know, like, very consistently get to that kind of thing. Um, there's a lot more degeneracy beyond just bore Darkness people. Like, there are so many levels of disgusting gameplay that we can go down with this card, and I'm very excited to explore it all. Is it, is it too early to start the uh, the Radiant to 4 propaganda? She's not even in the grave, Mia. It's like, she's... <laughs> she, like, come on. Uh, all right. Uh, no, I will not. I refuse. Um, all right, so let's move on to uh, let's move on to Rogue here. Uh, got a couple of pirates to talk about, uh, and they are all odd costs. Odd Rogue, anybody? Um, Cutlass Courier is the first one. Three mana, two five pirate. Not a stat line we actually see very often anymore. Uh, after your hero attacks, draw a pirate. Hey, you know what you do in Odd Rogue a lot? You you have a dagger equipped on turn two, and then you play this on turn three, and you draw a pirate. Crickets from the audience. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. I, last time I played Odd Rogue, um, anything that cost more than three or one damage needed to go face. Everything that I played needed to go face in that, in that deck. <laughs> yep. This doesn't go face. I, I was I was trying to appeal to Triple Lift here, make sure that he still listens to the podcast every once in a while. Uh, it's it's just it's a three minute two five right. It's not good enough. It, I don't think. You, it, you know what's cool it, though. Is that you can um, you can generate non um, or other class pirates from uh, the Juggernaut, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice! Yeah, so and and Sky Raider, pretty decent uh, and refill for that deck, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's cool. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Ralphie, <laughs> you seem very thrilled about this. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but like we j- one more high roll pirate doesn't. Hey, it's less likely to you get Smite, right? I, yeah, I, I will say like. I don't know. Targeted tutoring and stuff is always nice. So like, I know that we already have raiding party, but like, yeah, maybe maybe there's something. Like, like even in quest broke, probably not. Like, I don't think you want to dump the raiding party just to go get the thing. Like, plus you just run Captain's Parrot if you're that desperate for that. But I don't know. Like, you. you uh, know I guess do. it's the pirate itself. Oh yes. You could draw your cobalt sticky finger. There and with go. that, we'll move on to the uh, the next card here um, before anybody else gets ideas similar to that from Raffle. Uh, Bootstrap Sunkey... Bootstrap Sunkeneer. There we go. 5 mana, 4-4. Four, four. Combo. Put an enemy minion on the bottom of your opponent's deck. This is worse Vileswan Slayer. Vileswan nope, Slayer doesn't see play anymore. As, as that better. is way better well, Vileswan With Slayer. dredge mechanics, right? With dredge mechanics. I guess you... What dredge mechanics in Wild Meowth? Stop it at the silence. And There's going to be a like, busted. Yeah, people it, are going to be rattles. playing New Finley that we haven't talked about yet. No, no, silence, they're not. Silence kill is much better than kill, and right. like, and not four be that much dredge. And four is do, a bigger number than three. So that's also is, important. <laughs> th- like this is this is a much better card than Vile Spine Slayer, I, and we I, haven't, but we haven't seen Vile Spine Slayer in oh, years, so it's like it's not going to be played. But like the there's no argument. This is a better card than Vile Spine. <laughs> It's yep. a card that's not going to see any play. I'm not going to argue about it. Let's let's go to Shaman here. No, no, I need to be right about this. <laughs> All right, Raffle, you're. You know what? You're you're right, Raffle. You're right. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's move into Shaman here. Uh, let's start with Piranha Poacher, three mana, two five Murloc. At the end of your turn, add a one one Piranha Swarmer to your hand. 
Uh, so Piranha Swarmers are... Um, these are actual, like, neutral cards, like, that you can open from packs. But what these basically are, they're these little... Little 1-1s one with Rush uh, that scale off of the number of Piranha Swarmers that you have. So... Uh, after you summon a Piranha Swarmer, all of your Piranha Swarmers get like plus one attack. I believe is like how the how it functions. So basically, hand refill advantage for Murloc Shaman? Question mark. Uh, no, that deck already has Underbelly Angler, and if you well, listen to this chat, with Underbelly Angler though, whoo, maybe. And if you listen to Twitch chat, it also has the quest. So. Um, it doesn't need hand refill, but like, no, I don't, I, I played that deck recently. Like you just dump hand and if you run out of cards, you hope you win before that matters. I don't think that, the this is a, this is a card that costs way too much for the mana for that deck to well, be happy about playing. Okay. So, I mean, I will go ahead and just in, say here, like decks that historically have been like, Hey, just dump stats <laughs> and hope you can win before you get cleared. When they do get cards that give them some sort of card advantage, those are usually, like, tipping points for the deck. I'm not saying Piranha Poacher is good enough for that, but, I I mean, if you cheat it off with Drek'thar, right, like, you trade out, cheat out this Piranha Poacher, and then you can, the following turn, you have, like, Underbelly Angler Fuel, and, like, it scales with War Leaders and stuff. It's probably not terrible in that Wait, deck that's lacking are you willing to give high up, quality cards. Are you willing to give up Old Murkai, though? Yeah, what, Drek'thar's the... busted, dude. I would. What's the underbelly ang angler fuel? Like the the one one swarmer that you're getting added to your hand. That's a beast. You mean the beast? It's a beast. Why is Piranha Poacher yeah. a Murloc and the swarmer's a beast? They're both just hanging out. They're buddies. Right. They're in the sea. <sighs> this card sucks. Then Scald and Geyser. Uh, <laughs> one mana fire. Dude, I, whose brilliant idea was it to make the piranhas? A freaking beast. Piranhas aren't, the, piranhas the, aren't Murlocs, Meowth. Why, why couldn't the they? Piranhas, they're, they're piranhas. Finished. They're piranhas. <laughs> <laughs> Murlocs are fish, too. It's this, I, I probably just triggered a lot of people saying that. I know. Whatever. Yeah, I am, you, I'm a triggered a little bit. Got, we just got all rid of the hate that you had for the Norum tribe like a long time ago. So, you know, we just got rid of that controversy. Let's not redo this. <laughs> Alright, anyways, then I, I, I'm not very high on this card. Sorry, I, I could have sworn that they were going to be Murlocs, and it was going to be brilliant, and it was going to be... Anyways. I'm going to be honest, I was so confused for, like, the first 30 seconds of that conversation. So was I. I just, so was I. was like, I. what are you talking about? I, I'm not going to lie to you, I didn't look at the token to, to confirm things before I started talking, so that's that's on me. I apologize. Um, Okay, so it's a 3-minute 2-5 that adds a 1-1 one, one beast to your hand, Uh, so never mind. Not... not okay. Scalding Geyser is the other shaman card here. This is a one mana fire spell that says deal two damage. Dredge. Uh, Loki, you think this card's pretty pretty good? I am not as high on it as other people seem to be. Um, I'm concerned because, like it, it does two damage. Uh, three damage with a um, like a dagger swing, right? Like. It's competing for a spot with maybe Windchill, and I feel like Windchill is a much better card earlier in the game. And like, this is only this is a card that you're just kind of holding for either removal or for your um, like your pop off turn. It's basically 
discover a card to draw for your next turn. So maybe it helps you find Frog or Drek'thar in that type of deck. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't... The, the, the issue that I have with it is that it doesn't actually overload you, which uh, reduces your overdraft damage. So it also, you know, slows down your... Um, your snow fury giant so it's not getting that down out as quickly if you're running that version um where i see this having potential is something more similar to like a standard burden shaman where you have multicaster in the in the deck um and honestly we're probably hurting for low cost fire spells in wild to make that a, like a more or a higher possibility um so i don't think it's I don't know if it slots into Frog Jaman just because like the the damage it does relative to the uh, other cards in the deck is a little bit lower, but like maybe if there's a multicaster type thing in the future, but I don't know. Damage permanence is a little bit less common in Wild than it is in Standard, which is how you can get away with throwing burn spells at the opponent's face and then playing a multicaster for refill. So yeah, I like I like it in both archetypes. The um the fact that it is fire makes it huge right for multicaster. Um, so that's a really, really big deal. Then, uh, I don't know, in the frog, in the frog deck as well, like, because the deck is so dependent on having the very specific cards, it's kind of this, like, you know, like tracking is sort of just very valuable in that kind of archetype, I think, like being able to filter out and get it. So I think, I think it's pretty good, um, in, in both decks and I'm very hopeful, uh, or optimistic about the idea of the pushing multicaster in wild. Um, yeah, I like that. I'm also, I think I was just most excited about this in something like Big Shaman, where, like, remove something, try to find your things that are going to cheat out big minions into play, uh, and put those yeah. at the top of your deck. Um, which I mean, but that's not necessarily dissimilar to Frog Shaman, where, because it does have these very specific power spiky cards that you need to actually do anything. So, yeah, I guess yeah. I'm always a little bit hesitant with one-cost cards in Frog Shaman when we look at these, because it makes it less likely that you hit your overdraft when you go off on your, your zero-mana pop-offs. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to lie to you, I haven't really played a lot of Frog Shaman lately, so I'm not really sure it, if this slots in super cleanly or not. Uh, I'll take your, your guys' word for it. But, like, I mean, in theory, yes. Being able to filter through some draws. I guess the question is, you, you look at the bottom three cards of your library, can you... Do, to put one at the top of your deck like if you look at the three of them you're like god i don't want to draw any of these next turn can you just like decline do you have nope. to pick one like I, yep. I, I don't with that in mind like is is that is that any different than just drawing a card off the top of your deck in most situations like you're getting you're getting a better you're seeing three cards but like it, how is that yeah. i don't know how is that better than just like cycling off a of windchill because i don't know what else you cut from it, a, it's not like i'm not saying that this is better than windchill i'm saying like you would probably run it in addition to you uh into windchill like i know some of the burn shamans are currently running like investment opportunity uh in some of those decks i, I don't know if they still are yeah, um, i mean same same question there though is it how is dealing two damage better than just like adding a card to well to you're still stuff. getting closer to the frog yeah i don't know i, I feel like i feel like it, i feel like um if you're just playing a card for the dredge, you're falling into the the sphere trap that a lot of people have for. Um, I fall into that trap. Like I'm falling into it again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like <clears throat> you're right. removing you're removing a card from hand so that your next draw can be better. Um, you know, maybe that maybe that's worthwhile in a big shaman. I I could see that because you're like arguably wanting to run sphere in that deck, but I think that 
um i don't know because you're like I, I don't know because you're cycling so hard with that deck already like do you really need to look at additional cards or can you just like brute force your way through your deck yeah that's fair i i'm not sure i'm not gonna lie to you i'm not sure um but i mean i i really hope dredge does something useful because deck manipulation is sweet so oh i think it will i think that they're like but i think that the the card still needs to be independently very good you don't want to run a card just because it says dredge on it i think like you you wouldn't pay one mana dredge right <laughs> like just like so yeah. if that's almost what this is doing um with the upside of giving you i don't know early game removal yeah that's fair all right i we'll have to take a look <laughs> at, at these decks of course and just see slots as well uh but yeah let's move into uh let's move into warlock um talk about some some murloc warlock if you guys are are ready start with uh blood scent vilefin four mana four four murloc that says battle cry dredge uh if the minion that you're putting to the top of your deck is a murloc change its cost to health instead of mana it's still <laughs> it's it still needs to be a murloc right you're not just putting any any minion and changing its cost to health instead of mana. That being said, we have seen that this effect is powerful. It allows you to cheat some stats. If you're playing like an aggressive Murloc Warlock deck, we need to see a lot more Murloc synergy though than this this four mana four four. Yeah, it also like Murlocs tend to be low cost, so you wanna you're not gonna be cheating that many stats in the play most of the time, right? Yeah. So um like if you're doing this in a very murloc dense deck, it feels like it's not going to have the uh, the desired effect because like you're playing this on four and you're tapping into like a a two three on <laughs> for it that you're paying zero mana for, so you just get a free life tap. It's basically what like a two or good um, at that point. So yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm not super high on this unless we see some absolutely nutty murlocs. Yep, never uh, never ignore mana sheet, but, you know, not based on what we have right now. But maybe there's going to be some, like, dumb OTK. Um, I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> uh, maybe, I, honestly, like, what if they print something like a... I was going to bring this up at the end. Like, what if they just print, like, a reverse Polkelt? Put all the, the expensive minions at the bottom of your deck, and then all of a sudden some of these dredge cards get, get pretty nutty. Uh like this like this valve in but i don't uh, think they'll do that in the same set as uh dredge but like long down well, maybe, the line maybe maybe they long. will maybe can be kind of cute like actually push some of this in it i don't know we'll see we'll see anyways let's talk about the uh the mer the warlock murloc colossal minion uh, let's talk about gigafin it's an eight mana seven four murloc that says battle cry devour all enemy minions so this is basically twisting another on a stick. Uh, Death Rattle spit them back out. However, it comes with Colossal plus one. Gigafin's Maw is a six mana four seven taunt. Uh, and if the, the Maw dies, permanently destroy all minions inside of Gigafin so that the twisting nether effect essentially uh, is permanent. Uh, <laughs> 
seems seems kind of sweet actually it's twisting another on a stick on, on two sticks i guess uh loving this for like even reno lock regular even lock not even uh sorry regular reno lock um and reno even lock so i i think the card's sweet i think the card's good uh Plus, if you look at some of the full art for this card, it's some of the most gross stuff that I've ever seen in, in Hearthstone. Like, it's... The last card was called Vilefin, but, like, the art here is just kind of actually straight up. <laughs> but... So, if 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 they both die at the same time, how, how does that work? I, my, I was curious about that as well. My suspicion would be that the front half of Gigafin is summoned first, because they both have Death Rattle, right? Death Rattle is uh, summon order. Mm-hmm. So if I think that Gigafin... This is just my suspicion. We can get it clarified, but I would assume that, like, for programmatically, it, it would make sense that Gigafin gets summoned first, the Maw gets summoned second, therefore the Gigafin Death Rattle will get uh, proc first and return the, yeah. um, the minions. Does that make it that much worse for you? It's not good. Like, yeah, <laughs> like it, if they, it, it, it's it, kind it of a big a lot deal. Of damage. Yeah. But that said, I think that like, I don't know. In a deck like, um, in particular, Reno or even Reno Lock, like that, that immediate tempo advantage that you get is already kind of what that deck wants. So it might be. It, it might be worth running just to, to clear the board, pave the way for your 8-8s for, you know, maybe you need a turn or two. Um, and it leaves a body behind on its own as well. So, like, even, you know, even if they do hard remove the 7-4, which isn't difficult to do, you still have a 4-7 that can, you know, keep bashing or clean up some of the, the remaining minions. So I think that, yeah, it's a bummer if they go back, but it's, like, kind of like you just played a Vanish for a, a turn or so. Like, I don't know. I... I, I think it's pretty good in a Reno even lock. I don't think you want it in a regular even lock. Um, I think you maybe make an argument for it in a regular Reno lock, but like, um, I think even Reno is where you want to go with that, which is unfortunately a deck that's not doing so hot at the moment. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm just imagining like you play this on eight, even if you like are doing this as like, hey, board clear, and then you drop a Battlemaster on nine. And then you're smacking them for like twenty plus damage, um, and like, and then if you have minions beforehand, like you're getting to attack when you play this. Um, I also I think it's important to note, like, even if you do do this, and then they remove your your Gigafin, and they get their minions back, I'm assuming that they're not able to attack with their minions that turn. So it's like Frost Nova esque, I guess, <laughs> for that stall. I mean, I I don't think yeah. that this is like better than godfrey but i do think that like anytime you look at removal on a stick it like the valuation has to be like super high i i think we're maybe underestimating how big the stick is too it's a seven four and a four seven right like mm-hmm. that four seven even like even if that's the thing that gets left behind because they removed the seven four like that's still a decent body that like can um you know chunk into the uh the remaining minions right so like they still have to get through the four seven if they want to reach your face and like you said, I think that, yeah, the, um, I don't know, the removal of uh, the opponent's initiative is a, is a big deal. I imagine it's effectively silencing their board as well. So if they have, uh, you know, inner fire buffs or, or, um, or full, 
Snowfall. Yeah. yeah. Snowfall, yeah. That's a, a pretty big deal, right? So I think that there's um Yeah, there's I, I see some potential in this card for sure. Uh so let's move into our last class here. Let's uh move into Warrior. Uh start with Black Scale Brute, seven mana five six, Naga with Taunt. Battle cry if you have a weapon equipped, summon a five six Naga with Rush. So basically this card is absolutely trash. Uh, without a weapon equip. Uh, with a weapon equip, it is a 10-12, uh, with half of it having rush. I will say it kind of very much feels like an arena card, because I cannot imagine a deck in Wild that is okay with this. So, I think we're going to move on to the, the second minion here uh, and talk about Nelly. Uh, Nelly, the 7-mana uh, the Colossal minion for Warrior. 7-mana 5-5 five, five Beast. Uh, battle cry discover three pirates oh goody pirate support uh discover three pirates to crew nelly's ship so nelly's ship is the uh, the appendage uh, the second minion that is summoned uh when you play nelly and uh the pirate ship is a five mana two six with taunt death battle add nelly's pirate crew to your hand they cost one so I will say that I'm assuming the pirates that you discover are all going to be neutral and or warrior pirates. So I don't think you can discover something like Captain Hooktusk um, to, to crew Nelly's ship. Uh, that being said, it is it is pirate support, but it is a 7-mana beast in, in wild questline warrior. So I'm not, I'm not confident that this is going to see... I actually, I should say, I am very confident that it's not really going to see play in Questline Warrior. I need to make sure that I word that properly. Yeah, no. Yeah, good. <laughs> hey, odd Questline Warrior. No, we actually. I went that. down that rabbit hole. We're not doing this again. Yeah, but yeah, new card. Yeah. <laughs> Reno Pirate Warrior, Meowth. Reno Pirate Warrior. <laughs> like I said, we've been down this hole before. I've learned my lesson. I'm not falling for this bait again. All right, so let's move into, finally, our, our neutral minions here. Uh, so I'm going to gloss over the first few really, really quickly because they seem like they're going to be arena playable cards and not really relevant to wild. So let's start with Baba Naga. Four mana, four, four Naga. Battle cry. If you've cast a spell while holding this, deal three damage. That's like the epitome of an arena card. You guys just stop me if you guys want to talk about anything. We then have uh, Excavation Specialist. Uh, this is a four mana, three, six. Battle cry, Dredge. Reduce the cost of the card that you're putting on top by one. Uh, we've got the Piranha Swarmer. Uh, hey, look, it's a it's a one mana one one beast uh, with Rush that after you summon another Piranha Swarmer, gain plus one attack. I hate that it's a beast. I'm sorry, I hate it. Um, and then we have Tuscar Trawler. This is a two mana two three pirate battle cry dredge. Um, so all of these seem like. This? Do we just play this in Pirate Warrior? I I would say so until we got another card that I feel like we might want to run. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Uh, and let's just talk about it. I mean, we've got Amalgam of the Deep. We've got yet another Amalgam here. It's a two mana two three. Uh, it has all minion types. Battle Cry. Uh, choose a friendly minion. Uh, discover a minion of the same minion type. Uh, so right now in Pirate Warrior, you're running like twenty eight pirates and then like two shivers. Um, like, do we ever just, like, replace the two shivers with this? Because it's a pirate that's on its own, and then it adds another pirate directly to your hand. Uh, compared to, like, dredging, where you don't actually get to draw the card. Yeah, no, this is better than the dredge pirate, for sure. Like, I mean, Sassy Captain, I think, is the weak link right now. So I think that's even worse than 
Shiver. And shivers. Okay. I was just thinking, like, I it's think so. replace the non-pirates with pirates, but yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you just want to push the curve as low as possible, right? So that way you're just always completing. But yeah, it seems really good. Like, not even just Pirate Warrior. <laughs> like, there's a few things that I kind of popped yeah, up. Mer- oh, Merlock Shamans? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're just playing this in kind of any deck that's heavily invested in a minion type mech. If Mech Mage is a thing, you're running this in it. If Mech Paladin comes back, you're running. Like, the, you're just. And there's some situations where, like, even if you're maybe running like a menagerie type deck I, or a, a dragon about, deck like why not just i was about to say galacron well? galacron warrior like is this the thing that i actually get to play but not even a dragon um to finally play alex Strauss's champion which i've been trying to do for like three <laughs> years now uh yeah i don't know i think my only issue with this card let's like if we go wrap around back to pirate warrior you can't play this on two right because you want to be able to you have to have a pirate on the board but like you don't you want to be playing one drops right anyways so like i think i'm okay i i I like this card i think it's good um i you mentioned murloc shaman i was gonna bring that up i think it's sweet in that deck um discover more anglers discover more flurgles you know some more toxins to combo with your flurgles i i i think the card's just solved like you guys said in a lot of tribal decks out there and i think i i I think it's oh go ahead I think it's just fine on Curve and uh, Pirate Warrior 2. You're, it's not going to be your, like, first play, but if you want to be mana efficient and you don't have double one drop, like, why not? Like, <laughs> just throw yeah, it out there. Like, if you have double Brigand and Patches in your deck, it's still a good turn, too. Yeah, I wonder if there is something very specific with either Quillbores or Naga where the, the pool isn't wide enough and you can uh, maybe, like, consistently hunt for something in a class. That would be kind of interesting to me because... There aren't that many of those, like, Naga or Quillbos probably rolling around, and they might retroactively get, give something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That could be a little silly. Just a, just a thought I had. But, yeah, like, there's probably a whole bunch of stuff. So, very, very cool cut. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, speaking of, maybe there's some Nagas that you want to wanna be, you know, tutoring for. Uh, Crush Claw Enforcer. So, this is a 3-mana three 3-4. Three, if you've cast a spell while holding this, draw a Naga. Uh, the only reason I didn't lump this in with all the other cards was the fact that if there is a Naga kind of deck that you want to be building around certain things the ability to tutor a naga seems like it could be a powerful effect i i don't really want to spend imagine, a lot of t- what you say can you imagine this a naga warlock <laughs> like back in the day <laughs> it would have been so good well now i can and thanks thanks oh god <laughs> yeah there's a you know there's a crowd of wild enthusiasts that, that want to unnerf literally everything so like yeah unnerf uh, naga sea witch see what happens Speaking of, what about tutoring out your Naga Sea Witch in or Sandwich? God damn it, Naga Sandwich in uh, in Big Spell Mage. Wait, that's actually good. That's actually that like genuinely important. Um, like those kind what? of complete build around cards. That's the problem is though. This has the battle cry if you've cast a spell while holding this. So you ah, already yes. cast a high cost <laughs> spell. And well, so, you, like, you also you could also just be playing like Ice Block, right? Playing Ice Block on three. Play this on four. Tutor your Naga Sea Witch and play it on five. That's having that's a lot box. of things go right. Well, you're playing oh, Big Spell Mage. What... You need a lot of things to go right. <laughs> I'm I, thought, not... I thought you were going to say Big you're Spell Mage. Wrong. Big Spell Mage, everything always goes right, obviously. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did have a positive win rate the last time I played Big Spell Mage, but I was high rolling out of my Well, mind. no, no, no. Like... You, you had a positive win rate. You're proving your point. Come on. Oh, level. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I think this, like, if there are build around Naga kind of cards, 
Like, I think this, this effect is powerful, which is why I didn't want to lump it in with all the other arena cards. All right. Uh, Ambassador Phelan, four mana, four, five. Battlecry, put three colossal minions at the bottom of your deck. This seems like sweet meme potential. Uh, it's like the Envoy Rustwicks, but for uh, for colossal minions. I don't know how you're going to abuse multiple Battlecries, but I'm sure Raffle will find out a way to, to do it. It's simple. All right. So you put Ambassador Phelan in your deck. He is a battle cry. He shovels three Colossus minions to the bottom of your deck. You also run our next card, which is Sir Finley Sea Guide, in your deck, who is a one mana one three. Swap your hand with the bottom of your deck, so you immediately draw those Colossus, and you do that in Shutterwalk Shaman, and you just keep getting Colossus after Colossus after Colossus, and you're dead. So, <laughs> so I feel like I just, that's I just watched a uh, Ruffle YouTube intro. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, all right, folks. Um, you know that, <laughs> I know what I'm doing uh, as my day one deck. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna play Colossus minions from every class. See which one's best. I don't know. Before you have yeah, to craft you can test. The, you are the playtester, Ruffle. You are the uh, the QA for the entire expansion. Every Colossus card, like you'll figure yep. it out real quick. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> all right. I'm gonna board. I don't know what I'm gonna do with all the board space that I that <laughs> for that. Because... <laughs> true, true, true. Uh, but be fun yeah uh like i said lots of sweet meme vibes not sure it's gonna be super competitive i mean we've seen like half the colossal minions uh there may may maybe the other five are just like absolutely busted and then yeah this card's like actually no okay I no it's uh <laughs> I, I think your comparison to envoy restrix was apt that it's just like it, it's probably a better envoy um in that like at least he's okay on and you don't draw the bad cards immediately. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's a fun card. It's not a good card, but I'm into it. Yeah. All right. Last but not least, we have uh, Sir Finley making a comeback, which actually, side tangent before we hop into Finley here, there were some like Twitter leaks. Uh, people were asking about what new cards you want to see in the core set. Somebody said, uh, as long as there's no Reno Jackson. And then there's some devs that gave some uh, some eye emojis so maybe the explorers are coming back in a way in, in some yeah. sort of semblance this year. That being said, we have Finley back. Uh, he's a one mana one three. He's a Murloc. Uh, not a beast, a Murloc. Battlecry, like Ruffle said, swap your hand with the bottom of your deck. So the question really just becomes how do we best abuse an effect like this? So just it's important to note that it's not like secret passage. You're not getting them back at the end of the turn. Uh, you're not drawing these cards so it's not going to trigger any like cast when drawn effects it is going to it's literally just like hey you're going down a card because you have to play finley but then you're putting these four cards off the bottom of your deck and drawing four of those right it, does it reshuffle your deck i no don't think no? so yeah no i know i think it because it doesn't say the word shuffle it's the direct swap so i think those yeah so isn't I mean, Reno's priest is dead, but like, isn't that kind of good in like a post uh, Polkelt uh, Reno priest where you just need some burst damage and you need like the the low cost spells? That's like, that's where my head went initially. But uh, yeah, it might be at the bottom of your deck already with Polkelt, but <laughs> no, I see what you're saying. True. I so, but... where my mind went with this is like the decks that are all in on like. A combo on turn four turn five that's trying to win the game right so something like tip the scales paladin 
right? Where you're all about finding prismatic lens and or uh, Allura uh, if that gets unnerfed. And so you're using this as a way to try to reset and find that on like turn three or turn four. Um, but then like you're kind of getting a low value Murloc off of your tip the scales is the problem because. Yeah, but then, like, tip the scales is all about hey, turn four, I have this big board, and then I have the potential to do it again, like, a turn or two later. Um, I don't know, like, that's where my mind is going with this because I just don't think that. I guess I currently cannot think of, like, where where do we just want to slot this in? Because, like, I don't think it's just, like, a value piece because no, you're going it, down it, on cards. So. It, it, it's a better plot twist, and, like, plot twist was never really useful other than progressing the um the savior's quest for for warlock right like plot twist we all agreed was a bad card um it took some people some time to get to that point but like um yeah the the place i i could maybe see it in something where you know you you have specific like it would be fantastic if it weren't a minion in a in like a switcheroo priest in that that combo right like if it were in itself a minion that would be fantastic for it that's the kind of thing that it mm-hmm. um where it would work where like you said you're all in on a minion and you can't afford to, to draw the thing um or all in on a combo and you can't afford to draw the thing but like um i don't know I, like it's it's just a marginally better plot twist where you have to you just have to be okay with playing a one mana one three in your deck because it's like that's the majority of what you're getting out of it right um yeah the um there's a lot of stuff that um comes to mind immediately so like uh you guys already brought up lens i'm thinking like even like turtle mage right um i'm thinking i don't know this is like there's a lot of situations where this doesn't quite work like what ruffle said um where it could potentially be strong but that makes me excited right because it's like it's just off in a lot of the scenarios that i'm thinking about which means that it might actually do something at some point like there's even weird stuff like you could play it with polk out to intentionally put low-cost stuff on the bottom of your deck and then draw into all the low-cost stuff like i don't know like you do that with kaothus or something like and then you have a whole bunch of pop-off and maybe you can cycle through and like like that type of and i know it doesn't actually practically work but you know what i mean like that kind of strategy or or something so i don't know it raised a lot of questions about deck building and um you know these all-in strategies and stuff which is kind of petrifying because those are usually <laughs> like pretty disgusting decks when they're like that but yeah i don't know very um interesting card with like a lot of because of its uniqueness i, yeah. I suppose I, that, that makes it very interesting i see it kind of like like a plot twister, like even a, a safety instructor, which I fell into the trap of and, and thinking that that would be nice for like um, improving your draw quality. Um, I'm, I'm sure that there'll be people making an argument for like a, a Finley to improve your, your hand quality in certain situations, but like, yeah, that's, that's what your mulligan it. is. Right. Exactly. That's what right. your mulligan is for. And so you're holding this card in your mulligan and then like holding bad cards in a, in addition to it so it's like that's not the thing that this card really wants to do um i don't think because like it's not getting you progress on your um like if it progressed rod that would be nuts right like it's it's another one yeah. in a card that like um spins some cost reduction for you but it doesn't do that so it's just like um i don't i don't see what it does speaking of rod i'm assuming like because it's a straight swap and not a shuffle like does it keep 
like mana discounts on cards and buffs on oh, minions. It's, it, it's nutty with Ava. Um, but uh, will, will it actually do Honestly, it keep though. the buff thing? <laughs> um, I don't know if it'll keep buffs. I assume not because it, it'll, yeah. it puts them back in the deck. So I think it's not like it changes, a separate zone. Right. It's progressing backwards in zone. So I think that yeah. it loses any buffs. The tradable is a, a, the exception there. Yeah. yeah. Not sure. Like, I will say, like, you, you brought up a good point, though. Like, cards like this are, are sweet, though, right? Because trying to figure out how to break this in the format or if it is breakable it is some of the fun uh, of wild and like we're, we're gonna be able to hopefully or maybe not hopefully oh abuse this in a way that standard can't <laughs> you right? don't you don't want this to be I, like I, I, that, that's why I, maybe not but <laughs> like what what about like uh apothecary rogue like just using this as a oh holy wrath palette i don't know it's not a murloc so it doesn't get affected by tip i mean i don't, I don't know right like that's that's the thing we, we got to figure out something to do with it i'm sure somebody will uh if I mean, not in this expansion coming soon you already have farmers to shuffle your shivala back in and in, in that deck so mm. like is that better uh, yeah i don't know i was thinking like put <laughs> stuff back and then pulk out and then that way you have the the big thing on top maybe i i, yeah, I don't know i mean that's you've already drawn it yeah that's, that's kind of what you're already doing with farmers and Shervala, right? Uh, okay, yeah. Regardless, and you, just have, and you have redundancy anyway, in that. Yeah, book. yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah, you need card. Co- yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think that the reason that it was printed was to work with the so, like dredge is the mechanic here. So, um, I think it there's probably going to be cards that put things at the bottom of your deck, like the the minesweeper uh, or whatever. It's uh, Phelan, the the legendary uh, sweeper. Thing. No, well, yeah, Phelan and the the sweeper, the the mage mech. So mm-hmm. I think there are going to be similar cards like that, and that's what this is intended to do. But there is certainly possibility of breaking it. But I think that this is a, again kind of an effect that people tend to overvalue in um, recycling your hand like this. Yeah, I, I think it's people should, like you said, should not look at it as recycling your hand. It's this is a combo piece. This is not a card draw spell or or things like that. This is, hey, this is one piece of the four-piece puzzle that's going to eventually break a deck in the format. And I think that's kind of how you should be looking at it, because if you're looking at it and trying to play it fairly, it's not a very good card, um, I, I don't think. So, So yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, though. Excited to see what the, uh, the community comes up with. And that being said, that is going to be all of the cards that have been revealed so far here in week one. We're missing uh, one. The one that we've already gotten to play with. Blademaster uh-huh. Okani. Oh. Okay, sorry. <clears throat> and last but not least, uh, we have the <laughs> the free legendary of the set that everybody has uh, has gotten already. If you have logged in, I think you have to play one game in order to uh, to unlock Okani. But it is a four mana two six um, Blade Master Okani. Battlecry secretly choose to counter the next minion or the next spell your opponent plays while this is alive. So when you play it, you pick spell or minion. This has to survive, but if it is on the board when your opponent tries to cast a minion or a spell, uh, it just goes away. Magically disappears. Does not go into the death rattle pool if it was a minion uh, or the res pool or anything like that. It is it is just gone from uh, from history. I don't know if you guys have had the uh, the chance to play with it. I've, I've played with it a little bit in Shaman and a little bit of it in, uh, in Even Paladin doesn't seem super strong but i uh i love the effect itself and uh glad we have something like it yeah it definitely 
dramatically increases the interactivity of uh, Free Shaman, right? Um, Unironically, it, it, yes. <laughs> in all seriousness, I think that um, I like the effect. It's kind of like... It's a way to introduce secrets without uh, like breaking the thematic rule of secrets. So like other classes can get secrets without like playing the secret card type is I guess what I like about yeah. it. Uh, so it gives you the ability to um, you know maybe disrupt what the opponent is doing in a way that um, or during their turn, which is new and I like it so. Uh, yeah, the card doesn't seem overly powerful. It's really easy to play around. I was really optimistic that this would like do good things into the questline hunter, but like they can just kill it. <laughs> they just take a turn off of playing Tavish, right? And also, I like I never consistently drew it against them. Um, so it's like you know, once people uh, real, it, it, it's basically like another dirty rat uh, to deal with the Tavish. It's not something that any opponent with a brain is going to. Um, to like actually allowed to happen so uh unfortunately it's not the it's not the solution to the the um to any quest line um but it is kind of a cute card that makes your opponent's turn difficult to navigate so yeah i think it's i think it's quite strong i'm probably a little bit higher um i don't know i can I can see it. Like, like it's obviously a good in Shaman. I think yeah. at least that's the natural home for it, right? That's where everyone's trying it. But I wouldn't actually be surprised to see it uh, branch out a little bit. Uh, like, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But uh, it, it's still very early. But I don't know. I think it's pretty solid, actually. Yeah. I mean, I tried it in a couple different decks, and maybe it's just a low sampling. But like, it, it didn't feel great any time <laughs> that I played it. It felt like. Um, and part of that was like, so the situations were either I'm behind on board and the opponent just kills it, uh, or I'm ahead on board and I just kill the opponent. So it's like, uh, I don't know. It felt kind of hard to squeeze into the decks that, that weren't shaman. Um, I'm sure it's phenomenal mm -hmm. in shaman just because like it's doing a thing that you're already doing. You don't really care if it goes off the first time because then it makes your shutter walk more difficult to deal with, you know? So it's like, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think my only issue with it, like currently, like I, like you said, I, I think it's good in Shaman. I, I love the, the design of the card. I think the issue is, is like a lot of the decks that I want to play this in, I'm, I'm playing Weblord in my deck already. And it's a little bit awkward with stuff like uh Nerebar Weblord. Um, but I, I think it's great from ahead, not very good from behind. So you kind of want to be pretty proactive in the deck that you want to play it in. At least that's like my, my two days of, of playing with the card. Um, so I'm, I'm not super certain that my evaluation is spot on. But like regardless, I, I think the card is sweet and I'm, I'm happy. I, I like the design of this card and I am hoping that we get more cards uh, <laughs> like this. I, I know that not everybody's going to agree with that, but, but yeah. Yeah, I like it in every class that isn't Shaman. I love it in Shaman. So, there we go. <laughs> uh, you guys are just going to ditch me one of these weeks, and I'm going to have to do an episode all by myself. Uh, it's going to be a sad, sad day when that happens. That being said, uh, those are 38 of the uh, the cards that have been uh, revealed so far here in week one. Lots of, uh, lots of cool stuff. Uh, for an expansion uh, that is the first of the year... Uh, super flavorful uh and the power level doesn't seem 
uh, terribly high, right? Like we we normally expect, but I think there are at least a couple cards that are uh, pretty exciting uh, for the wild format here, right? Yeah, and like most of the time, we see we don't see the uh, the big hitters uh, immediately, right? Like we just are kind of getting introduced to some of the mechanics. We also had a lot of these were quite literally arena reveals by uh, arena streamers, <laughs> so it's like. Yeah, they're gonna be less exciting cards for uh, constructed players, but they're you know high quality arena cards. So um, I'm looking forward to the set. Uh, absolute banger of a uh, of a song for the uh, for the yeah, reveal. True, 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 true. Yeah, the uh, the reveal. I think it was the highest quality reveal cinematic they've done. Like uh, that, was, that was pretty great. The um, the expansion of, like theme and flavor. It's probably the most excited I've been about it since Skullamance. Um like i don't know it's just under border city it sounds very appealing i don't know like it's i don't have to know a little bit of wow lore to like get behind this idea and anything like that so i, I really like that um and uh yeah in terms of like the expansion the card quality i mean i've heard a lot of comparisons to one goro that, that that seems to be some of the vibe that i'm, I'm kind of getting from a lot of these this type of stuff so i don't know um I like it so far, obviously. I think it's... Uh, we'll see how it goes once we see more of the stuff. Some of the more flashy stuff. Yeah. So, uh, that being said, uh, over the probably the next couple of weeks here on the podcast, we're going to be just reviewing uh, more and more cards that come out. I will go ahead and say uh, the next two weeks are not going to be two-hour episodes because there are going to be more cards than the uh, the 30 or so that we revealed today. So, we're probably just going to be cherry-picking as we move forward. But uh, it's going to be some pretty exciting content for at least the next couple of weeks here uh, on the podcast. I think the expansion is slated to release April 12th, so just a few weeks out as well. So super exciting about that. But expansion news is not the only thing that we got this week. Um, you want to talk a little bit about the uh, the VS report that came out for uh, for Wild? Um, we uh, <laughs> yeah, just dropped a uh, VS report. Yeah, it came out. So um, at, at 31. Um, I don't know. It was very interesting kind of going through and stuff. There are... Uh, Meta is very balanced in terms of the uh, competitive diversity. Um, I think it was a very interesting one to write and to sort of learn about, so I'm sure you guys will enjoy the read. Um, and yeah, we also got like a lot of more assistance than normal in terms of deck building. Um, this this report had, I think, 255,000 games. Um, it had 27,000 at Legend, which is more than what they get in the uh, weekly standard report. Obviously, they have a bigger time frame, but still like a, a lot of information here um so yeah it was a, like i said just a very cool one to to uh write so yeah vs 31 go check it out all right we're gonna we'll drop a link to to that down in the uh in the description it's been a long episode if you guys can't tell we uh we've been going for a little bit here so we're gonna wrap it up appreciate all of you guys listening hope you guys are excited for the uh the brand new expansion um raffle and corb uh thanks for uh, for joining me week after week Roughly, it was good to have you back, dude. Uh, let the people know where they can find you guys and your content. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at RuffleHS and Twitch and YouTube at Ruffle. And you can find me on the platforms at Corbett Games. So thank you very much for listening or watching. You guys can find me at Get Me Off on all those platforms as well. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, make sure you guys drop a like, comment, subscribe, whether you guys are watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anything like that. Appreciate all of you guys that listen all the way to the end. And we will see you guys again next week with uh, with even more cards. Have a good one.